Hello, this is Father Neil here and welcome to the August 28th episode of the podcast Catechism with Father Neil. Today we'll be looking at numbers 1971 through 1974 of the Catechism. 1971. To the Lord's Sermon on the Mount, it is fitting to add the moral catechesis of the apostolic teachings, such as Romans 12 to 15, 1 Corinthians 12 to 13, Colossians 3 to 4, Ephesians 4 to 5, etc. This doctrine hands on the Lord's teaching with the authority of the apostles, particularly in the presentation of the virtues that flow from the faith in Christ and are animated by charity, the principal gift of the Holy Spirit. Let charity be genuine, love one another with brotherly affection, rejoice in your hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints, practice hospitality. This catechesis also teaches us to deal with cases of conscience in the light of our relationship to Christ and to the Church. 1972. The new law is called a law of love because it makes us act out of love, out of the love infused by the Holy Spirit, rather than from fear, a law of grace, because it confers the strength of grace to act by means of faith and the sacraments, a law of freedom, because it sets us free from the ritual and juridical observances of the old law, inclines us to act spontaneously by the prompting of charity, and finally, lets us pass from the condition of a servant who does not know what his master is doing to that of a friend of Christ. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you, or even to the status of son and heir. 1973. Because its pre- besides its precepts, the new law also includes the evangelical councils, the traditional distinction between God's commandments and the evangelical counsels is drawn in relation to charity and the perfection of Christian life. These precepts are intended to remove whatever is incompatible with charity. The aim of the counsels is to remove whatever might hinder the development of charity, even if it is not contrary to it. 1974, the evangelical counsels manifest the living fullness of charity which is never satisfied with not giving more. They attest its vitality and call forth our spiritual readiness. The perfection of the new law consists essentially in the precepts of love of God and neighbour. The councils point out the more direct ways, the readier means, and are to be practised in keeping with the vocation of each. God does not want each person to keep all the councils, but only those appropriate to the diversity of persons, times, opportunities and strengths, as charity requires, for it is charity as queen of all virtues, all commandments, all counsels, and in short of all laws and all Christian actions that gives to all of them their rank, order, time and value. Very good, so here we continue the section on this new law, this law of the gospel, which is really a law of love. I suppose this is the center, central part of it, this love that is God himself nearly. It's infused by the Holy Spirit and comes by grace and gives us freedom. Again, as we continue the next few days, we'll be looking at what grace is, what justification is. But here to see that this law makes us free. Human law doesn't make us free. 
you know, if the 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 speed limit is whatever, fifty five miles an hour, eighty kilometers an hour, whatever it might be, oftentimes you don't feel very free by this law. If anything, you feel inhibited. But the law of God makes you free, because it helps you to love, it helps you to live a divine life, and this is what the law is all about: having this um, this possibility of living well, of being yourselves, of being uh, true to who you are inside, of living not just the natural law, but the law of Christ, the law of freedom, this law that is given to us. And so then it just continued saying this thing of the evangelical councils uh, are a way to help us to live charity, that there are things that uh, help us. Sometimes in the Christian life we have to do something that is not specifically within the law, not specifically a law, but something that helps us to live the law. And this is, uh, again, a very good practice that we have. But this is why in Christianity it's far from a black and white religion, but there are so many different shades, so many different, uh, so much discernment that is necessary to live the gospel where we are. That is not the same. A married man does not live the same way as a single man. A priest does not live the same way as a layperson. A nun does not live the same way as a mother of a family. A grandmother doesn't live the same way as a 15-year-old. The people, we have different things. And then within, you know, no two grandmothers live the same reality. That each one of us has a different reality, has a different, um, a different life, has a different cross. And that the Lord meets each one of us in different ways. And this is why it's important to see that, that we can have the right principles, the right way to live, that we meditate on the scripture together as a church, but that each one of us has to live it where we are. And so we continue tomorrow, but first of all we have the in brief section, 1975. According to scripture, the law is a fatherly instruction by God which prescribes for man the ways that lead to the promised beatitude and proscribes the ways of evil. 1976. Law is an ordinance of reason for the common good, promulgated by the one who is in charge of the community. 1977. Christ is the end of the law. Only he teaches and bestows the justice of God. 1978. The natural law is a participation in God's wisdom and goodness by man formed in the image of his creator. It expresses the dignity of the human person and forms the basis of his fundamental rights and duties. 1979. The natural law is immutable, permanent throughout history. The rules that express it remain substantially valid. It is a necessary foundation for the erection of moral rules and civil law. 1980. The old law is the first stage of revealed law. Its moral prescriptions are summed up in the Ten Commandments. 1981. The Law of Moses contains many truths naturally accessible to reason. God has revealed them because man did not read them in his heart. 1982. The Old Law is a preparation for the Gospel. 1983. The New Law is the grace of the Holy Spirit revealed by faith in Christ, op operating through charity. It finds expression above all in the, ser in the Lord's Sermon on the Mount and uses the sacraments to communicate grace to us. 1984. The law of the gospel fulfills and surpasses the old law and brings it to perfection. 
its promises through the beatitudes of the kingdom of heaven, its commandments by reforming the heart and the root of human acts. 1985, the new law is a law of love, a law of grace, a law of freedom. 1986, besides its precepts, the new law includes the evangelical councils. The church's holiness is fostered in a special way through the manifold councils which the Lord proposes to his disciples in the gospel. Very well, so tomorrow we'll continue and tomorrow we'll be looking at numbers 1987 through 1995. God bless.